Welcome to the Truth Across Time podcast. I'm your host, Sheila Farmer. As a lifelong student of history and English, I enjoy learning about the cultures, customs, and lifestyles in the Bible. Please join me as we explore the fascinating world of biblical events and the people involved. You'll see that the people of the Bible had concerns, triumphs and tragedies, joys and sorrows, successes and failures, not too different from our own. But because the Bible is God's Word, we can learn spiritual, eternal truths while looking at those people. Now let's go on this adventure and explore the truths that cross the limits of time and location. For our second study in the series, Faith in Action, we'll focus on a woman in Scripture named Abigail. She's probably not well known by many people, but she should be. She put beauty and intelligence to work and caused a great calamity to be avoided. Abigail's story is told in the 25th chapter of 1 Samuel. Please read the entire chapter yourself. It's a fascinating story, but because of time constraints, we can't read all of it here. I'm starting with verses 1 through 3. Verse 1. Then Samuel died, and the Israelites gathered together and lamented for him and buried him at his home in Ramah. And David arose and went down to the wilderness of Paran. Now there was a man in Maon whose business was in Carmel, and the man was very rich. He had 3,000 sheep and 1,000 goats, and he was shearing his sheep in Carmel. The name of the man was Nabal, and the name of his wife, Abigail. And she was a woman of good understanding and beautiful appearance. But the man was harsh and evil in his doings. He was of the house of Caleb. Let's lay a little background. Saul was king of Israel at this time. Pretty early in his association with Saul, David had been appointed commander of Israel's armies. But David's successes and his popularity made Saul jealous. And eventually Saul became so bitter, he tried to kill David. But David, along with the men who stayed loyal to him, went on the run. They even had to seek refuge with and live among the Philistines. The Bible doesn't say just how long David and his men had to live as a refugee army, but many scholars believe it was between seven to maybe ten years. David and his army had to go from place to place for a long time in order to avoid being attacked and killed by Saul's armies. In addition to skirmishes with Israel's armies, they had to fight some battles with armies or bands of men from other countries, enemies of Israel. They constantly needed food, supplies, and weapons. It was a hard life, but David and his men often protected the people of Israel, especially in those border areas, from attackers and thieves and enemy troops. Nabal was a very wealthy man whose home place and whose business was in Carmel. The Bible says that he was harsh and evil in his doings. When Nabal's servants tended his flocks in the wilderness, David and his army had protected them from thieves and attackers. Bottom line, they had protected Nabal's property and his livelihood. Now, at this point, David and his men needed some help, some food. It was shearing time. 
And Nabal was in Carmel with all his household, his servants, his workers. David sent some men to Nabal to ask him to supply some provisions. This would not have been uncommon at all in that time and in that culture. Common courtesy and good manners would have demanded that Nabal help those who had blessed him. But not only did Nabal refuse to send supplies, he insulted David. This is recorded in verses 4 through 13. David's men returned to him and reported Nabal's response. David was furious. He had risked his own men and materials to defend Nabal's shepherds when they were tending the flocks out in the wilderness. And this was Nabal's response? Hmm. David responds by taking 400 of his men, armed to the teeth, and sets out to visit Nabal himself. He was going to kill him and all his household, which would have included all of his servants and his employees. Thank heaven, some of Nabal's men had told Abigail what happened. They explained how David and his men had protected them, and they told her what Nabal's response had been. I think it's safe to assume that they knew Abigail to be intelligent and would perhaps know how to prevent this coming disaster. She was married to an ungodly, awful man. He had material wealth, but he was surly and mean and rude. He was bringing destruction upon himself and everyone else. David had shown him kindness, but Nabal was so boorish he returned evil for good. Not only ungodly, but very short-sighted. The Bible says that Abigail was beautiful and intelligent. She used that intelligence to take matters into her own hands. Remember, very few women in that day and in that culture had direct power. It's never so cut and dried that one can say women had no power, but it was generally true. They usually exercised power by influencing others, especially their husbands. It's probably hard for most modern women to relate to that kind of status, but many women throughout the ages have had to learn to wield indirect power by influencing others. It takes self-control, understanding reality, and using your head. Certainly a lot of men have had to do this also, but it's very true for the vast majority of women throughout history. Abigail knew she had to act quickly. She had a large number of food supplies put together, loaded them on donkeys, and set off to meet David before he could get to Nabal's shearing station, the home place in Carmel. When she meets David, she dismounts, falls on her face before him, and starts interceding. She acknowledged her husband's rudeness and foolishness and begs David not to take revenge. She even says in verse 25, For as his name is, so is he. Nabal is his name, and folly is with him. The word Nabal, N-A-B-A-L, literally means fool. She wasn't being disloyal to Nabal. She was fighting for his life. It must be very hard to have to acknowledge someone's stupidity and rudeness, all the while trying to protect them. Abigail proclaims that God will make for David an enduring house, 
This refers to his coming kingship and the dynasty that would follow. And she says that God will protect him and subdue his enemies. David listened. He took her advice, granted her request, and says unequivocally that she saved Nabal and his household. He clearly sees her wisdom and diplomacy, and he's very impressed. He said in verse 35, Go up in peace to your house. See, I have heeded your voice and respected your person. Abigail returned home. When she arrived, Nabal was holding a feast, and the Bible says that he was very drunk. So Abigail waited until the next morning to tell him what had happened. And verse 37 says that his heart died within him and he became like stone. Many people believe that he had a stroke. He died 10 days later. David heard that Nabal died and he proposed to Abigail. They married. So all ended well for Abigail and Nabal's servants and workers were spared. So, what can modern women and men learn from Abigail? Well, I would say, number one, don't let yourself be paralyzed by fear. Abigail acted quickly and decisively, even in the face of doom that was headed their way. Because she acted with intelligence and wisdom, and because she was an honorable person and a diplomat, God blessed her and caused David to give up his plan to take his revenge. She protected her husband and all who were with him, even though she knew he didn't really deserve it. Secondly, I would say, see the bigger picture. I believe Abigail had thought through what she was going to say and what she was going to do when she met David. She knew that there was more at stake than just this immediate situation as serious as that was. David was known throughout Israel. He had a reputation. Many people, even at that time, believed that he would one day be king. Abigail knew that God had plans for David. She prepared herself, and she didn't hesitate to acknowledge that she needed David to show mercy. Also, Abigail humbled herself. She knew her husband had done wrong, and maybe in man's economy, possibly deserved to get what David had in mind for him. But she acknowledged that wrong had been done to David, and she humbly asked him to abandon his plans. You know, humility is a hard thing for many of us in this day. Our culture is always urging us to have high self-esteem and to be assertive, and certainly there's some truth and value in that. But it's often so hard to humble ourselves, isn't it? It indicates an acknowledgement of someone else's higher standing or greater truth or greater power, something that demands that we have a modest view of ourselves, a very non-arrogant attitude. Abigail hadn't done anything wrong herself, but she was interceding for and asking for mercy for others. This reminds me of Jesus, who had all power, and yet who humbled himself even to the cross to provide for us, we who can never deserve his mercy. And last but not least, because Abigail interceded for others, and because she was loyal, 
because she used humility and diplomacy, God honored her and gave her favor with someone who would otherwise have been her enemy. She even became the wife of that potential enemy, the man who later became king and established a dynasty. In any given situation, we may not have the direct power, the authority. We humans like to think of ourselves as in control, the captain of our ship, but we're often not in control. We often cannot dictate what others do or how a situation should play out. Much of what happens in this world is not in our control. Our own relationships are only partially in our control, but we can control how we handle what happens. We can learn from Abigail. Use the intelligence God gives you. Ask him for wisdom. Be humble, especially when mending fences and making amends with people, maybe especially when making amends with people. Don't let fear or arrogance control you, but use godly principles and God's word to guide you even when dealing with an enemy, God is in control. And if you serve him, you'll be safe. Thank you for joining me this week. I truly enjoyed sharing Abigail's story and I hope it inspires you in your walk. Please join me on my next podcast as we study more Truth Across Time. I hope this podcast encourages you to develop a closer relationship with Jesus. But if you haven't made a decision to follow Christ, I pray you will ask Him to be the Lord of your life today. God bless. See you next week.